0: It's loose and it is savior for Dark.
1: folks and welcome back to the Norwood Noise Podcast. It is May, technically now May 11th. We're recording late into the evening here. Um, I got myself, as always, Evan Shivel alongside with Graham Griffith. Graham, the transfer season is, is you know, the, the window is kind of coming to a close um, and we're here towards the end of the, you know, the, the end of that window and into the, you know, really the thick of the off season for College Hoops. Um, how are you feeling? You know, are you doing okay? Are you a little sick? We've, we've been missing some some good college hoops action. Obviously we've been, you know, it's been a little over a month without it. So how,
0: how are you doing? A little wellness check on you. I'm um, doing good. It's been nice to finally breathe after the school year's over and just enjoy summer. Um, been filling the void of college basketball with uh, some good NBA playoffs games. Been watching that almost every day. Um, so, I mean, that, that's been filling the void for now, but once the summer hits, uh, like after that, NBA season. I don't really know what I'm going to do with my time, so I'm, I'm enjoying every moment <laughs> while I have it. For sure, totally hear you. Totally hear you. Um,
1: couldn't agree more. Yes, we are both home, so this is you know the first virtual pod of the off season here. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Hopefully, hopefully everything goes smoothly here. Kind of had to you know, reteach ourselves how to do this again, but um, anywho, we're off and running um, here to into our May podcast into our our first first of our off-season podcast series obviously crowned a champion uh in this past april um and here we are in may doing our our big transfer episode so really we're gonna run through kind of the top 10 right now um of you know who is available who or excuse me not who's available of, of who's transferred and kind of what those top 10 transfers are um We'll go bottom to top. This is per twenty four seven sports. There's a ton of different ranking, you know, systems out there that have kind of ranked these in a couple different ways, but I, this is kind of the one that we, you know, we both agreed on. You know, seem to have the best and most consistent rankings. So, starting number ten, Jv on Mccollum, heading from San Diego to Oklahoma. I think that's a huge addition. Um, for Oklahoma and in, in, in a, obviously an always deep. Uh, big Twelve and for uh, Porter Moser, which this will be his third year, right, Graham? Am I am I remembering Yes, right? third year. Um, yeah, third year here at Oklahoma, so maybe a maybe a big step here in given a getting a you know really high, you know high caliber four star prospect out of the transfer portal. Um, and then number nine is one that that sits really close with a lot of Xavier's fans, um, you know, and on their notice, Ryan Nemhart is headed from Creighton to Gonzaga. That transfer became official just a couple weeks ago. Um, I guess, Graham, what do you kind of think the reasoning is behind that? Because I think a lot of people found it was really interesting timing. You know, the fact that he didn't go there in the first place, I think, surprised a lot of people. But then even after that, to still go a couple of years into what seemingly was a fairly successful Creighton career. You know, what do you feel like the, were the main motives behind that?
0: Um, I think it's pretty hard not to immediately assume NIL um, definitely plays a big part of that. Um, and... You know, maybe when he was looking at his team, they didn't have a crazy amount of success at the start of the year. Creighton kind of had an up and down year and definitely pieced it together at the right time, um, going all the way to the Elite Eight this year. But maybe he just wasn't confident if they'd be able to do it again. Obviously, they were losing Ryan Kolkbrenner. Arthur Kaluba's future is kind of still up in the air right now about what he'll be doing. Um, And, you know, they lost out on Sharif Mitchell, who... You know, he came off the bench and towards the end of the year, couldn't really find a lot of playing time. But the, at the end of the day, Creighton was losing some key players of that run that, um, not to discredit that run, but I think that them going to the Elite Eight wasn't really a testament of what they did as throughout the entire season. And I think, like, the stars align, you know, to end up at a good program like Gonzaga. They also pieced together some great transfers, uh, most notably Graham Ek from Wyoming, Um, he's going there, uh, to to start something, um, that's continuing the trend of Gonzaga's, uh, great success. And I think, you know, the stars align for a really good opportunity for him. Obviously that's where his brother went to college, um, a few years ago. So I think, you know, once there's a little bit of gray area, and especially with the freedom that players have these days, um... If you have a better opportunity, it's easy to jump on that ship very quickly, and I think that's what he was doing. Yeah, I totally agree.
1: Um, I think it's a it's definitely a really interesting opportunity for Nimhart to take there. Um, it, moving up the list, we got Max Acemis, um, the as as Bill Rafter would say, the little guy with the big ticker. Um, moving from Oral Roberts over to Texas, Texas winning in big ways here in the transfer portal. We'll see how his game transfers. Um, I know everyone's been doubting his size, you know, his whole career, and he's clearly p- proven a lot of those haters wrong. Um, but I definitely do still think it's worth noting, and worth, you know, taking note of and seeing that. I think he has very big upside, but I also think he probably has the biggest bust factor out of these top 10 here. Um, And then the next three, Jameer Nelson Jr. is headed from Delaware to TCU. He was a very quality player for the Blue Hens, and I'll be interested to see how his game transfers to the next level. And then the next two guys on the list are both Power 5 guys transferring to other Power 5 schools. First of all, namely LJ Cryer transferring from Baylor to now what's likely going to be their rival in the Big 12 at Houston, and then J.J. Starling from Notre Dame to Syracuse. Graham kind of looking at those those next three or four if you want to add max Amus in there um, who do you think is gonna have the biggest impact of those four on their team next year and who's gonna kind of be you know a part of a new era because really all four of those teams outside of maybe TCU um, are kind of entering new eras even with Houston graduating a lot of their guys you know kind of gonna have a different look in the roster next year who's gonna have kind of the biggest impact in the in those new eras
0: yeah yeah um... I think that all three of, uh, all four, um, with, with, uh, Max and Jameer Nelson Jr. and Cryer and Starling, they all, um, kind of have good opportunities for different reasons. I think Jameer Nelson was one of the most like prolific guards last year that wasn't talked about due to the success of his team. Um, I think he is a really complete player. Um, and has the ability to take over games. I think that's exactly what TCU um, could need next year Um, due to some injuries and, um, you know, just the gauntlet of what the Big 12 was last year. And I think that's going to be a case for the coming years. um, Jameer Nelson can be that guy that they could turn to and take over games and win them those close ones. Um, I think last year – uh, the TCU like teams in the Big 12 kind of got complacent with splitting games against some of the top dogs. And if you want to be really successful in the Big 12, you know, you need to piece together some sweeps. And I think he can definitely be a pivotal part of that. LJ Cryer, I think that's a case of, um, you know, similar to Ryan Nemhard, where good opportunity, but another one aligns with what he needs. And he's going to have a huge role there, um, especially with. Houston losing out on some of their key players um, due to graduation and going pro. So I think he has a really good opportunity. J.J. Starling was one of the most prolific recruits that um, Notre Dame has gotten in years. And he can kind of, you know, seek a better opportunity with more uh, a higher usage rate going to Syracuse that Syracuse is trying to put something together that they haven't seen. Um, past couple years and Beheim's last few years, So as Syracuse starts to put something new together there, I think he could be a pivotal part of that because he's that kind of game-changer, you know, how explosive he is, Um, even on a really crappy uh, Notre Dame team. uh, He's kind of a head-turner. Down to Max Acemas, I think that um, the way that he controls the game and how dominant um, he made Oral Roberts feel um this year you know one of the best records in college basketball going into texas um and the way that uh they kind of just put like it was kind of like a splatter paint of just throwing a bunch of players on the court and it, it somehow worked and i think that um the way that he fills up the stat sheet and can really score the ball at one of the highest clips in the entire country um I think that he might have some growing pains, you know, in the Big 12. I mean, he's a smaller guy and this um, isn't Oral Roberts anymore, but the way that he's just a true dog and can really score, um, I think that alongside some of the other pieces that Texas put together, like Caden Shredrick is the most notable one that comes to mind. Um, I think that Texas will have enough that he doesn't have to be the guy and he could just go out and score um i don't think that there's anyone in america that expects him to be what he was at oral roberts but if he could just be the guy that he could turn to i think that he might have the biggest impact in the long run um just because if he's in a m- more relaxed role just being the ball you know being the guy that you want to have the ball in his hands late um i think he could be really successful um if the weight is lifted off his shoulders and he could just be in a more comfortable position uh, because that big 12 adjustment is going to be really hard uh, on him to start the season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think that's a pretty common theme that we kind of see out of a lot of these guys. Um, you know, especially when they're making that jump in almost in pedigree of university or in pedigree of the program that they're getting into, is that they go from being these stars to, okay, now you just have to come in and play your role. I think we saw that with Bayer Shire, Baylor Shireman last year. He came from this, you know, guy that was scoring at a super, super high clip up at South Dakota State, and then he came in and filled a really needed role for a, a very successful Creighton team this year. So I think that's something to kind of keep an eye on. Um, and I think something that that we'll see again with with this next batch of transfers. Um, and, and, yeah, I totally agree. So I think, and on another note, I think, you know, DeWan Harris over at Kansas, you know, that might be an underrated matchup uh, t- to look out for. will be, you know, Dewan and uh and Max Acemus going at it because they're, you know, two of the smaller guys in the league, so it should be a fun one there. Um, But, anyways, moving up the list, our, our kind of last four here on the list, we've got Jesse Edwards making the move from Syracuse to West Virginia, Taryn Armstrong, Uh, California Baptist he will be going pro Um, no real surprises there um, especially with the international background so we'll see how that you know future kind of shapes him but really the three to focus on here that are, are staying in the college ranks Jesse Edwards Syracuse to West Virginia Khalil Ware from Oregon to Indiana and then Hunter Dickinson from Michigan to Kansas I think and I think kind of going off what you were just saying Graham I think Hunter Dickinson's in a similar spot here Um, as Max Smith. I think if Dickinson can understand that he is here, not necessarily to be a role player, because I mean, he can still average, you know, 15 and 10 or 15 and 15 a night easily at Kansas. I think as long as he understands that he doesn't, the weight doesn't have to be on his shoulders and he doesn't have to be the man, I think he can be super successful. I'll be really interested to see how Khalil Ware molds with, um, the wood the Woodson offense there at, at Indiana and see, you know, what kind of role he plays on the team next year. Um obviously he's got an immense amount of potential and an immense amount of, of talent, you know, almost drawing Kevin Durant esque comparisons just with the body type and the fact that he's a seven foot, you know, forward that can handle the ball and all these different things. I think it would be really interesting to see someone with his athletic ability combined with you know, a a very big dominated league in the Big Ten because, you know, you see a lot of these guys that'll come in as these really, you know, big and physical guys. And I don't know that Khalil isn't necessarily built for that, but he also might be big enough to kind of pull some of those more physical forwards out um, and kind of force them to guard. So it'll kind of be interesting because I think Jaden Ivey was a little bit like that at Purdue a couple years ago. He didn't have the height that Khalil does, but... I do think that he was a little bit of a matchup problem, and we kind of saw that in the Big Ten. The Big Ten's not used to having those kind of individual athletes on the floor as much, um, so I think I'll be interested to see how Khalil, um, you know, makes that transition there. Um, and, and for Jesse Edwards, I think again the West Virginia, you know, no real shock here, right? The the Big Twelve especially has you know kind of been you know reload has been the has been the main mantra there for a lot of the top contenders. I mean, if you look at the transfer rankings right now here on 24 7 sports they've got tcu at six gonzaga at five arkansas at four texas at three kansas at two west virginia at one as most successful teams in the transfer portal so that just goes to show four of those six teams are big 12 teams and it continues to kind of push that hey you just got to reload um and, and continue to you know come in at a successful clip um you know otherwise the you know it could get become a very difficult um next few years for you know for the for those sides. So um but you know, with that Graham, I'll we'll kinda of turn it over to you. What are your thoughts on on those kind of top four guys and, and where do you think they fit in with uh with their new rosters.
0: Yeah, um first with Hunter Dinkinson, um I'm really glad he didn't end up in the big east. There's a lot of rumors about Georgetown and um Villanova. Um, so him not being there, I think, is a testament to how good I think he is, and I think that the Kansas um, offense will be great for him. That um, the last couple years they haven't really been big reliant. Um, they've always kind of just had like a, a role player that excels in that position, and I think putting in a uh, college basketball superstar and Hunter Dickinson in that role is going to make them extremely dynamic. Um, and I think it's going to open up a lot of things um, for Kansas. Um, the fact that, you know, that dump-off pass to finish a play um, can now be, you know, like a post-entry that the ball could sit, you know, the inside-out plays, the, the versatility that Hunter Dickinson brings at the five position would benefit all 350 teams in division one basketball the way that he's going to benefit Kansas I don't really think that there's words to describe it um, because he um, really does a good job of benefiting offense in multiple ways um, and I'm really excited to see what he can do at Kansas Um, with Ware at Indiana um, i think he's gonna draw a lot of comparisons to trace jackson davis um the way that he's gonna shoe into that offense um would
1: you say though would you say he's more of a of a playmaker than tjd
0: um i i'm i'm not quite sure how he's gonna work into it but i just think that he's gonna be somewhere that you could just put him wherever on on the offensive end and he'll be able to score at an Unreal rate. Whenever Indiana was in trouble last year, you turned to him, um, and we saw in many games, especially the Purdue game towards the end of the season, that Trace Jackson Davis didn't have that good of a game, um, but his his gravity was so strong that um, Jalen Shuffino and Miller Cop were able to you know to take over, and I think that Khalil Ware is going to do something very similar but now you have the shooting aspect. Um, He's a very, very talented player, and I think that Woodson has an excellent opportunity to cement himself as one of the best coaches in college basketball this year after losing out on some seniors, um, losing out on Jalen Huchofino to the draft. I think that uh, Indiana and Woodson have an unreal opportunity to kind of show that they are a really respectable program with uh, Jesse Edwards going to West Virginia. Um, We'll talk about West Virginia a little bit more, but they did an unbelievable job in the portal this year. Um, Even though this is a Big 12 state school with a a huge enrollment, I was blown away with how well they did in the portal due to NIL and other factors. Um, It's amazing that a lot of these players are kind of scared to say that NIL is a big driver. I remember Jesse Edwards saying that Oh, it wasn't a huge factor for me at all. But then you have to look at Syracuse's commitment to NIL versus West Virginia. So really was enticing. Um, at the end of the day, I think West Virginia definitely said, you know, name your price, and they were able to get some of these top guys. Um, but I think Jesse Edwards was... You know, one of those players that you saw it last year. I remember watching the Syracuse game and he, you know, grabbed multiple rebounds and finishes a dunk on the other end, blocks a shot. You know, he had an unreal um, run. And he's one of those guys that you saw, like, he shouldn't be at Syracuse. And I think going into the Big 12, um, especially a West Virginia team that's due to, you know, return to their glory days, um, I think he's going to help them a lot.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, you know, with that, and I agree. I think I think Edwards will be a kind of a pivotal piece to this this really really well constructed team. I think that Bob Huggins and West Virginia have put together. On that note, though, of course, of Bob Huggins, um, and kind of in the realm of the Xavier community and Xavier scope, um, Huggins has been. Uh, Docked a million dollars from his scholarship next year. Uh, and he's been suspended three games um, following his use of a homophobic slur on a local Cincinnati radio station um, this past week. Um, he's also going to be required to participate in, in I guess, sensitivity training um, following his comments um, on the, this past Monday. I, I just. I i am having a really hard time with this. I think obviously it's a horrible, horrible thing for him to say and it and it was obviously, you know, for those that have heard it, it was in reference to the Xavier community and to Xavier students. Um and I just I don't really know what our I guess what our expectation is, right, in this community because um you know, in in speaking about the college basketball community because Things like this obviously are not okay and you know but are kind of met with this almost slap on the wrist type um, you know punishment and I, I think if this isn't taken more seriously this is something that we could continue to see um, in our community and things like that because I mean, I think the hard the harsh reality and the unfortunate reality is there's not gonna be really any large loss for this for the University for the basketball program or for Bob Huggins um, and so I think with that, obviously, you know, will he ever do it again? No, probably not. But I don't think it's setting a precedent high enough um, by West Virginia uh, to where it would stop someone else from doing it potentially. And I think that's the unfortunate piece is that I think West Virginia had an opportunity here to really set a precedent for how they punish behaviors like this. And I don't think that they executed where they probably could have been um but again, like we mentioned, I mean, these put together a great team, they're poised to have a great season, and even being suspended three games, I think they probably will still um have a phenomenal game. So I guess kind of our personal message, um, you know, to the Xavier community is, you know, obviously we all are here for for you know, for each other and we care for, you know, each individual regardless, um, and, and you know really some horrible and hurtful things were said, um, and so you know we hope to to cover that in a kind of a responsible and respectful manner, and obviously hope that you know that this is enough to set a precedent. Um, while I don't think I think it probably won't be, but I hope it's enough to set a precedent that you know things like this won't continue to happen. So, and you on that note, um, we'll kind of move off and and continue to look at Xavier i think we've got you know some transfers that we should probably talk about on the xavier side as well
0: yeah um it was a storyline all season that um uh you know xavier's gonna lose multiple students to graduation to the draft um and you know some some guys that filled out their end of the bench um, gonna seek new opportunities and that's just a fact of the, the state of college basketball um uh, you know, when you don't have an opportunity, there's the freedom to look elsewhere. Um and that's exactly what happened. Um losing out on four players. Um we lost a bunch of kids, you know, due to graduation and pursuing professional careers. So there's definitely a bunch of uh, open spots this year. I think we did a great job with our recruiting class, got some very versatile players. Um but in the transfer portal um, first, we got Lo- uh, Logan Duncombe, who's coming from um, Indiana. Uh, not a lot of playing time to show for his name, but he's a Cincinnati product. Um, he's dealt with some uh, pretty serious injuries and illnesses. Um, he had science effects and surgery, which is never a good sign. Um, but I think that him having limited playing time gave him uh, plenty of time to heal properly. And I'm really excited to see um what he'll be able to do in his Xavier uniform. Um, you know he's a six ten great guy. I mean he's been one of the most notable um Ohio uh recruiting prospects um in the past couple years. um a Cincinnati Mueller guy, so he knows Xavier's gonna know what it means to you know put on that jersey and I think that's a great locker room presence as well um additionally. Uh, Davion McKnight, Um, this is a very um, high upside uh, player for Xavier. Um, I think having the ball in his hands more um, here and, you know, kind of running our show is going to be great for him. Um, He's a very skilled point guard. He's not known for shooting the ball well, um, or not shooting the ball well, but not really, you know, shooting that much. But I think an offseason with Sean Miller and our coaching staff um, will be extremely fruitful for him. Um, uh, additionally, uh, Quincy Oliveri is a very, very exciting player um, because I- I've been uh, eyeing him for a long time. Coming from Rice to the Conference USA, He's one of the most prolific scorers in college basketball, and I, if he was on a better team last year, he would have been talked about a lot more. Um, Rice did Yeah,
1: I, I, Graham, I could to to pick up on Quincy. I couldn't agree more. I think he is the the player that I'm most excited about to see in a Xavier uniform next year, just because of his unreal and uncanny ability to score at such a high clip, and I think that his type of game will transfer very well to to this level.
0: Yes. Um... You know, I think it'd be unfair to put expectations on him um, before the season even starts. But I think that his play style, um, where he's coming from, is eerily similar um, to Sule. Um, You know, he's going to be able to close out games for us, score in so many different ways that affect the game on both ends. Um, He has tremendous upside, and I'm extremely excited to watch him play. Um, And then finally, rounding out our transfer portal recruiting class um, uh, from North Texas, Abu Osmani, um, is just going to be such an exciting player to watch. I think him and Jerome on the court at the same time is going to be um, a matchup problem for the rest of the Big East. Um, He's an extremely long, um, high-IQ, defensive-minded center. Which will definitely be a taste breaker for us. You know, Jack Nunji, while he was able to affect the rim and he played very, very sound on defense, um, he was more so known for what he does on the offensive end. So we're kind of, you know, seeing an opposite end of the spectrum with Abu, um, who is going to be the guy, you know, that's getting dirty. Um, and I think of the Big East. Uh, while he isn't, like, the tallest center, I think he's around 6'9", 6'10". Um, that isn't a problem in the Big East. Uh, last year— I was
1: going to say, like, we've seen, we've seen you know, another guy on our roster, and Zach Fremantle, you know, obviously coming back for his fifth year next year. A guy like him, you know, not being the biggest big out there, but having a lot, a lot of success.
0: Right. And across the Big East, other than Colt Brenner, um, and you saw how dominant he was when he was one. Um, a lot of the top guys are not going to be the tallest. Uh, just looking at last year, you know Marquette starting center six 6'9". Ed Crosswell at um, Pro- uh, Providence was only like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, Sunogo, even though he was such a dominant force, he was only 6'9". Um, the Big East is not really known for having these extremely tall centers, and I think that Abu is going to be... Yeah,
1: that's more the Big Tens department. Yeah,
0: I think that Abu is going to be able to affect the game extremely well. Um, his type of defense is something that could transfer from school to school. I think that he's going to have the same amount of success that he had at North Texas, and he's coming from a very well-respected program. North Texas has done extremely great things the past couple years, um, and I think it, a lot of it started and at the end of the play finishes with him. He was their anchor, and I think Xavier's going to benefit a lot from having him on the court uh, just the way that he affects the game in so many different ways on defense.
1: Absolutely couldn't agree more and yeah, I'm really, really excited for this for this transfer class and just this kind of new face, new roster coming in for Xavier next year. So I think you know, Miller's done a really good job here in this off season. We'll be uh be intrigued to see kinda of how it how it shapes up early on in the next season. Um a quick scheduling. No, we will open the season against Robert Morris, and then we did get our Big 12, Big East matchup. We will be playing at home against the Houston Cougars, which you know that's just going to be a rocking atmosphere in Centos. Of course, Houston reloading just as the Xavier Musketeers are, so going to probably be a top 15, top 20 matchup there in, in Centos early on in the season, so that's always going to be a fun one. So keep your eyes out for that one, uh, Xavier fans. But yeah, um, I think that kind of brings us to a wrap here um thank you all for joining us for this first of our off season series um and yeah we'll be back here very shortly probably within the next month uh, we will talk to you in early june kind of wrap up the transfer portal stuff and then really start to look in next season we'll do some NBA draft stuff as well as that kind of comes around Um, and then really start to dive into next season, hopefully start looking at some more non-conference schedules and things of that nature. So, again, thank you all so much for joining us here on the Norwood Noise. Myself, Evan Schibble, alongside Graham Griffith, as always, uh, Thursday, May 11th, and we are out of here, and we'll talk to you again here very soon here in just about a month. Thanks so much again for joining us. Cheers.